Imagine an aligned approach to the art of coaching, a perspective that blends both coaching and business mastery, all while honoring your vision, your values, and your intuition. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm Lee McDonough, an ICF credentialed coach, former therapist, and mentor for intuitive coaches and healers. I'll be your guide as you cultivate both the skill set and the mindset needed to transform your clients' lives and your own. Are you ready to be a coach with clarity? Then let's go. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. My name is Lee McDonough, and as always, I am so grateful that you are here sharing your time with me. And if this is your first ever listen to the Coach with Clarity podcast, then you picked a terrific time to start tuning in because today I am thrilled to welcome my friend and colleague, Monica Monfrey Scampabury. Monica is a business strategist and speaker for service providers and coaches who are ready to design their group coaching programs to increase their income and impact. Women tend to seek her expertise when they're ready to scale their coaching and have more impact within their containers. So with over 20 years of experience in education, plus running her own six-figure business, Monica has worked with hundreds of people, helping them gain skills and confidence so that they can become their own boss. And in our conversation today, you are going to hear more about Monica's story, how her past experience informed her process for developing her niche, and she is going to share some actionable tips when it comes to curriculum design and expanding your audience via social media. So we cover a ton in today's conversation. I know you are going to find it helpful. So let's get right to it, shall we? I am so pleased to share my conversation with Monica Monfrey Scampabury. Well, hi, Monica. Thank you so much for coming on the Coach with Clarity podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am really excited you're here too. We have so much to talk about. But first, let's start with the basics. Tell us a little bit about who you are and the work that you do for the world. Thanks so much. Again, my name is Monica Monfrey Scantleberry, and I am a curriculum design expert, social media guru, and a high school teacher. And really, those all fall together. I started teaching high school. I've been, actually been in education for over 20 years, which is amazing to think about right now. And I also am a yoga teacher. A lot of people don't know that about me. So I thought I would say that. And yoga is like the way was my entry point into business. And so I always like to kind of drop that, that you can have different paths to getting into your work. And of course, a few years ago, I was like, well, it's time to try something new. I was growing my yoga business, but I was realizing that I wanted to do more work with teachers and those who were creating space inside of our educational system for change. So I started being a self-care coach for educators, which is, I mentioned this because a lot of us will do something that we think we're like super passionate about. But the problem was I was not taking good care of myself as a teacher. So being a teacher self-care coach didn't make a ton of sense for me. And that though transitioned me, it found so many people who wanted to be inside of the space as teachers. And that's really what helped me move into the space right now where I work predominantly with service-based entrepreneurs or coaches who are looking to create group coaching programs or courses and then use their social media channels or other places to grow their audience. And I really tap into that experience I have as a teacher of honestly, high school students are a really hard audience. So mm -hmm. of how I keep them <laughs> engaged, how I think outside the box, 
how I make learning tangible for all of the students who are sitting in front of me. And those are the same things that I believe we should be doing as course creators, as curriculum design experts, as coaches. So that is who I am and what I do. Oh, I cannot wait to dive into all of that. But first, I want to take a couple minutes just to really dive into your journey because there's so much there. And I'm one of those people, I don't think I knew you were a yoga teacher either, even though we've known each other for a couple of years. That's something new that I just learned about you today. So between your experience as a teacher, a high school teacher, and as a yoga teacher and working in entrepreneurship, I mean, there's just a lot of, I would imagine, like twists and turns along your path to where you are now. And I would love to just kind of hear a little bit about what prompted you to really move into this arena around group program design and how we can use social media to leverage that? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. Well, it really does go back to teaching yoga. I teach high school English. I took two years off after my dad passed away to kind of reset and I taught high school dance. And I was like, well, I was going to practice yoga a lot. And I was thinking this would be a great tool to have inside my classroom. And so I became a yoga teacher here in New York City. And one of the things that people don't realize if you're not from New York is you want to get a job teaching yoga so that you can make money, but you can't get a job teaching yoga if you don't have clients. But it's the same thing inside the business world. So at this time, I was about 40. And I was like, well, I could post on social media. So I started using my Instagram before my Instagram had totally been like pictures of me out to brunch with my girlfriends. (laughs) And I started getting clients to coming to my free yoga classes. I used Eventbrite to share free yoga opportunities. And that had me thinking, well, there's more inside of this space. And so I joined a business program, one of those like online courses that we all sign up for. And that's when I really was starting to learn that there was something for me inside of the space that I did want to grow my yoga business and decided during that time period that I was ready to stop teaching dance and went back into teaching high school literature, became a pretty well-known yoga teacher here in New York City. And at the same time, my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer at a very young age. And so it kind of all started to change. I was like, well, I might have the same genetic mutation. So I went and got tested and found out that I also am BRCA1 positive. And I was like, well, maybe I need to become a health coach. So you see how I'm like yoga teacher to health coach and then signed up to do a health coaching certification as well as a life coaching certification. I had no intention of having this like big business. I thought maybe I would help teachers be better. Like I was saying self-care. And as I was diving deeper into my business, a lot of people started to ask me to teach them how to start their own business, which is where I was like, well, I'll do course design. And so it's so funny because in the Einland space, most people know me for Instagram work. But before I ever did that, I had a workshop that I was teaching that was how to create your course in eight easy steps, really focused on what I knew as a teacher. And I remember I did, I was, did an event. So I live in New York City and I belong to a community called Luminary. And I was there the week before March 13th. 2020. So we're talking like March 9th or 10th. And I had a live workshop where I sold for people to come and learn how to create their course. And people were canceling because there was this new thing in China called coronavirus and people were really nervous and we didn't really know. So I remember I led this workshop and it was really amazing and people were excited. And then Saturday I went to the space and we had our last in-person event. So this would have been March the 14th. So the day after March, Friday, March the 13th. 
And as I was sitting there, one of my friends was like, you should be teaching women over the age of 50 how to use Instagram. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe like fun. Went home that Monday, the world shut down. I went home to see my sister and say goodbye. And just as I was sitting there, I was thinking like, I don't know, I think I'm going to quit my business. And I came back to New York City. Of course, we all are now teaching from home virtually. Lots of time at our hands. I'm moving through grief of losing my sister. And was like, well, maybe I should just try that thing about Instagram. Like, seems pretty fun. I don't have to like prep much. And that's really how my business was created. I did this free workshop online about how to use Instagram. Decided to open a course that I hadn't yet created called Gram and Grow Collective. Actually, at that point, it was like, something to like launch your Instagram today. It had a very like random name and I sold six spots into it. And I was like, oh yeah, now I need to create the course. And that was the beginning of my path into social media growth. Even though like a huge part of me still wanted to talk about growing, creating a course and it opened up a membership. I had a membership that I recently just closed. It really has turned into me talking all about social media growth from Instagram to Facebook groups to I love Clubhouse. But as I've gotten the one thing I will tell everybody about this, so now I'm 44, is that Instagram keeps on changing. And so I felt like I was kind of like almost, you know, in a bullfight, like they got the red flag and you're like chasing it and you finally get to it. And then like the standards move. And I just got so tired of that, that I was like, why am I like pushing all of this into Instagram, into social media? It doesn't feel like it's not lighting me up anymore. And that's a huge part of it. So in December of 2021, I said, I really like curriculum design. Like that's what I'm good at. I've been doing it for 15 years. I get amazing results and just decided that I was going to go back. I don't like to call it a pivot. Pivot as a dancer indicates that you change direction. I'm really thinking of this more in the yoga term. I'm realigning my business to really feel comfortable and aligned. So when I think about postures and yoga, like sometimes that one little like slight adjustment opens up possibility. And so for me, the realignment back to curriculum design has really opened up possibility. We still have to have social media and understand how to grow our audience, but we also have to know what we're selling our audience to be able to make those sales. You know, what really strikes me, Monica, is in your story, there were these moments of realignment. And I love the metaphor that you use too in linking it to your yoga practice as well. I think about when I first got to know you and it was right around that COVID coming in March, 2020 time. And so I knew you as the Instagram person and specifically the reels person. And I'm sure on some level for you, it must've been kind of frustrating to all of a sudden have all of these people come to you and see you as the Instagram expert. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, I do Instagram, but I'm also like a curriculum design expert. I mean, that's really what I do here. And I'm curious what that was like for you to be known for something and yet also realize, but my expertise is really more over here. What was that like? Yeah, it was awkward sometimes. It was always interesting because people would hire me to do Instagram and then we would end up talking about business because there would be a misalignment. And I think what also it kind of got in the way of me is like, I knew I had all of these talents, but everybody's like, you have to pick one, you have to pick one. And so I was doing the one, I don't want to say chasing money, but I was doing the one that was an easy yes for people and that brought in money but I never truly felt like it was the thing that I was enjoying the most. Like I light up when I talk about Instagram and social media, but not in the same way when I get to sit down with somebody and plan out their curriculum. I look at it, liken it to as a high school English teacher. 
I can teach grammar, but I really get excited when I get to have Socratic seminars discussing how a book connects to what my students are talking about or how I get to bring in like a hip hop song and we can digest it and make all the illusion and connections to literature or teaching Oedipus, right? That's what lights me up, not the grammar. And I like in teaching Instagram to grammar. Like it's fun. I know a lot about it. There's probably a way that I make grammar fun to my students and there's a way I can make Instagram fun to my clients, but I light up. And that's really what I felt like. I felt like there was a part of me that wasn't fully lighting up when I was working with clients. And I think that's why at some point it was also hard for me to raise my rates because I was like, do I really want to sell this? Do I really want more clients who want to do Instagram or is there actually something else that I'd rather be focusing on? I'm really grateful that you shared this story with us, actually, because I suspect there are a lot of people listening that are also at a bit of a crossroads where they've been doing something, it's been working okay, they're making some revenue, it's what they're known for, but it's not where their heart is. It's not what lights them up. It's not what they're passionate for. And here you are an example of someone who's been through that and who has been able to not pivot, but realign. And also not completely abandon that part of your professional identity that people know you for. Instagram, Clubhouse, that's still a part of marketing your course, but you're really able to broaden and expand your approach so that you're not limited in scope. And I think that's such a powerful message. And also the fact that in your case, even though people were saying you need to pick one, you need to pick one, you've actually created something where you haven't had to. Now you're really diving into the course design piece, but you're not abandoning Instagram and Clubhouse and all of that. That can be a part of it too. And so I just think there's a lovely message in your story. And I want to really drive the point home that it's possible to realign and that you don't always have to just pick one thing. Yeah, it's so so important too. And I think it is figuring out because I did invest a lot of time and a lot of energy and you know resources into learning and mastering Instagram and even TikTok per se and all these different platforms, they can be adjacent to what we are selling. There are experts and I will tell people like I still have an Instagram Reels course, but if somebody wants ongoing support, I'm happy to be an affiliate for somebody else who is doing that, who that's the main arm of their business. And I think that there is so much space when we think about, well, what am I adjacent skills that I have that might be lead to the thing that would allow me to really like light up and who can I collaborate with who's doing something slightly different so like I have an Instagram reels course $47 right it's very entry level it teaches you how to start it but there are many people out there who will deliver real ideas to you every single week I have no desire to be putting something out every four weeks or four reels like every week that's a lot of content creation so I'm happy to bring my clients in and then send them over to somebody else. And I feel like that was really helpful and freeing for me to think like, I don't have to walk away from something that is making me money, but I can bring my clients in, encourage them. It's a great resource. When people are like, you know, I want to launch my course or I want to create my program and I don't have an email list. Well, let's like talk about how to use social media to grow your email list. And if you want more support here, other people who will help you do that. But it's really just for me been super freeing. And I hope other people see that. Like, I do think that it is important to have a focus. And I feel much more aligned with my focus talking about curriculum design and group coaching. But I also love that I can talk about social media and that I can open the door to people 
who maybe don't even know me as this, but know me through social media because they're like, oh, Monica does know how to do this. I'm like rambling now. Let me stop for a minute, (laughs) which happens a lot with me. (laughs) Well, and it happens with me, especially with these interviews. They become conversations, which is exactly what they're supposed to do. So this is not a bad thing. But I do want to just comment that I love this approach you're taking because it really highlights community over competition. And all of a sudden, you're creating avenues to support other entrepreneurs, to connect your clients with people that can serve them. And so you've released yourself from feeling like I've got to provide all the things because we don't. We do not have to be all things to all people. It is okay to choose your lane and focus on that. It's okay to realign and maybe hop in another lane for a bit. And when we can put the emphasis where it belongs, which is on supporting our clients and make sure they have the resources and access to the things that they need, it sounds to me like that's what you're doing. And I just think that's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. I will always say this. Like when I first started, I thought I had to be like the number one, the best person in my like niche. And it felt very competitive. And, you know, I'm a Scorpio son and I'm a projector of all those things. And it, I can feel, you know, when we start off, we watch everyone else having these big months that it can feel a little bit scarce if we're not making sales. But what I started to realize as I started to realign, not to use another analogy, but I teach high school, which means that you know, we are a subject area expert, kind of like each of us are subject area expert in business. But when I first started teaching, I worked at a school that had 1500 students, which meant there was four English teachers per grade level. And none of us were like in competition to be like the best teacher. Like we were all teaching students and they were all learning from us. And then they would go on to a different teacher the next year who would probably reteach some of what I had taught, but teach in a different way. And that just reminds me of inside of the coaching world that there can be lots of us who are teaching something similar to each other and maybe even exactly the same way, but somebody will hear it differently. And as soon as I started to think about this in terms of how we function inside of the educational world as educators, I was like, that's really what we do inside of the coaching world. We're just all educators who have a different way of saying the same thing and not everybody receives information. So once I started to understand that it helped me to step outside of this like competition and to really think like how can I be collaborative I can be on stage on a clubhouse stage with somebody else who's selling reels and we can both sell our offer and we will both get clients because somebody will be connected to one person's way of doing it and somebody will be connected to my way of doing it or they'll buy from both of us because we both are amazing people I love that. It's so true. And I think it also speaks to why it's important that each one of us put our voice out there because it needs to be heard. There's someone out there that needs to hear what you have to say from you. Even if there's someone else out there who has a similar message, perhaps it's the how or the why or the tone, whatever it is, it's not connecting with people the way your message connects with your people. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, I so agree. And also how many of us have, like, I've worked with so many different coaches and, you know, I always think about that too, is everybody has taught me a little bit and I am a product of every person, the lineage that we do. And I was also thinking about this the other day because people always say, well, I can't repeat. I I need new content every single day. And for those of you who practice yoga or who have done any sort of like dance, I was also a dancer. Like when you go to take a ballet class, the bar is the same. Like there's only so many ways to warm up your body. There's only so many ways in yoga to do a sun salutation. And the beauty of that is when I walk into a yoga class, I know a basic sun salutation. It might change based upon the practice, 
but it's the same. And I never get bored when I walk into a class and we do three sun salutations to warm our bodies up before we move into the yoga flow. And it's the same way our students, they need to hear us repeat something over and over again, may, you know, vary that as they become more advanced, but we don't have to always be creating new things. We can be just repurposing and readjusting and stepping into our power, our voices. This is also where using metaphor like you just have can be so powerful because we can share the same concept, but maybe use a different metaphor. And so there is something, there's a new spin on it maybe, but the core message is still foundational. It's still there. And so when it comes to repurposing, it's not necessarily that we have to reinvent the wheel, but maybe we can come up with new ways to describe it or new ways to share it in a way that's really going to connect with our people. And that's why everyone should be creating a course or a workshop or a coaching program around whatever they do, because the way I think about, like, if you come to one of my offers, that's like teaching you how to create your course, I don't have workbooks. I don't do all of them. Like, so if you're a workbook person, somebody else might have that, but I don't feel like we need that. I tell you to take out a journal, but it's what makes me different than somebody else. Or like, I come to it by teaching you how to teach I'm a teacher for non-teachers. And that's another way that like you might not get that in somebody else's program. And it doesn't mean my program is better than theirs or theirs is better than mine. It just means that we look at a problem with a different solution. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think you're right. I think when coaches have, I call it a spectrum of services, when you have free offers and paid offers and different price points and different ways to access you, it really can round out your business. And so the idea of every coach should have a program, every coach should have a course, like I'm really intrigued by that. And so as someone who is an expert in curriculum design, I'm just curious, what are some of the common mistakes you see coaches in particular making when it comes to creating or designing a course or a group program? Such a good question. I, I made this mistake and I feel like most of us make this mistake. You are the expert. You know so much about your topic that you want to teach everybody all the things in one course. And so you overwhelm your students because you're afraid they've paid me this money. They have to get value. And more value comes by teaching more things, or at least that's what we think, but that's not actually true. So too often I see people create massive courses and honestly, the rate of completion in courses and even in coaching programs is dismally low because people get overwhelmed. It's my fault. I put out way too much content. And so it is just getting super clear. What are the basics that somebody needs to know inside of your course or inside of your coaching program to get to the results? And then you can always be adding in, I call it, you know, look for the gaps in understanding when you're teaching something. Are you asking for your clients to give you feedback and then create the solution that comes to their gap in understanding versus trying to predict that they're going to have 25 gaps of understanding and you have all of this content and somebody gets overwhelmed. So for me, it comes from, we're too passionate. So we want to share all the things. And that's a positive thing. Just turn it into multiple different courses <laughs> is the answer. And this is probably where mine came in the beginning. I felt like I was an imposter or that I had to prove my authority. And that came from creating more versus we create our credibility by providing results. And that sometimes can happen because we get live with our clients we serve them, we make a mistake and we learn from it and then we follow up. So I really think it's that 
we just offer way too much. And we look at what other people are offering and they have five bonuses. So we think we have to have five bonuses yes. and they have 12 modules with 24 videos in each of the module. And we're like, that's not a great method to create your offer or your course or your curriculum. I am so glad you made that point. I could feel my shoulders visibly just relax a little bit because I think because we are service oriented, we want our clients to succeed. We feel like, okay, I need to give them everything I have to help them. And I did that too early on, not realizing that essentially I was forcing my clients to like drink from a fire hose. It was just too much. And so this is one of those cases where less can be more. And we really just kind of streamline it, strip it down to the fundamentals. And to your point, then if a client wants more, then we look at maybe the next phase, an intermediate level, then we grow from there. But really giving ourselves permission to not overfill our programs. We don't need 80 million bonuses and 25 million different videos. Like less is more. And really what your clients are paying for are the results, are the transformation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making that point. Oh, you're welcome. So let's talk a little bit too about what happens when you're looking to share your course with the world. So now we're looking at growing your audience, social media, that's that other piece of the puzzle. And I'm curious what you see coaches in particular not doing or maybe not doing well that's actually getting in their own way of increasing their reach and filling their programs. So when I hear coaches who say they have this great program and they're hearing crickets or they put out all this content and nobody is purchasing, I always go back to social media has really shifted in the last few years. Before it was like putting out posts on Instagram and people would read through and you'd have a thing, DM me, and it was easy. Now people are busy. We're, many people are back to work. People are watching videos less, even though I think video is still powerful, but they're listening more to podcasts or to social audio and it's sound bites. And I hear a lot of coaches who say, but I don't like sound bites. Like I want to be able to speak. And I would go back and say, sound bites are actually a really powerful way to draw someone in. So what I like to think about is if you're looking to grow your audience, getting on other people's platforms, utilizing exactly like we're doing here on a podcast, or I love social audio for the aspect of Clubhouse is a really great way to have conversation. And for those of us who've maybe left Clubhouse and you're ready to come back or you're like, oh, Monica, I gave up 24 hours of my life, you know, back <laughs> when it didn't have replays. There are replays now, right? So creating a purpose for why you are showing up and understanding that you can teach and train a lot in seven to 10 minutes inside of a clubhouse room or on an Instagram or a Facebook live versus it having to wait. The mistake I see so many people is that they wait for their audience to show up when they're using live platforms. And I always tell my clients start, if it's 2 PM and nobody came to your room or nobody's on your live, still talk because you can repurpose that. So I actually did a room on clubhouse yesterday. It was in my new club and like two people came and I just realized, I was like, the whole purpose of this is just to start to create a replay that now I can share. So I just talked about what we we're going to do. And at seven minutes, I ended. And I didn't feel any sort of way because I know that I can reuse that. So if you're looking to fill your groups and starting to show up in bite-sized chunks and talk whether nobody is there or people are there, our replays is what really helps us and that creation of more content. So 
when I see people get upset that they're not making sales is that they typically posted one time, they went live one time, they made an Instagram story one time, and it didn't get the traction and they're afraid to reshare it. So I use this example as well. If you made an Instagram reel, you did the whole like, okay, Monica, I'm going to like point or I'm not going to point or I'm going to do something. And you posted it. And within 24 hours, you're like, it got no traction. I would ask you, do you share it to your Instagram stories every single day and put a story sticker on it? Do you take that link and share it over on Pinterest where you can be driving traffic for months to it? Have you taken that link and sent out a newsletter that tell people to go watch your reel? We have to almost think about this in terms of like how Hulu does where you're watching it and you're getting old navies putting a commercial in front of you all the time. They're not stopping one time. And so too often, I think people don't love social media, so they don't lean into using it, but you've created a piece of content. You can probably share that in so many different ways over the span of one or two days. Just because Instagram doesn't push it out anymore doesn't mean the piece of content is dead. It might be dead, quote unquote, to Instagram, but you created it, you get to share it. It's on us to share and to push that out to our audience. And I have to remind myself to do this too. Like I'm raising my hand and saying, I'm the very first person who will sometimes be like, nobody liked my reel. And I'm like, okay, but you posted it at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Who saw that reel? Like, are you actually pushing out the content to people? So what I love about all of this is number one, don't be afraid to repurpose, like take it and put it on more than one platform, but you don't have to change it a whole lot. In fact, it can probably stay just the way it is. So it's not a whole lot of extra work. Number two, it doesn't have to be some three hour huge monologue. That's your life story. It can be seven minutes or on TikTok, it can be 60 seconds, even 15 seconds. Brevity is so powerful because people are able to get in, get out, they get a quick win. And then they think of you as someone who delivers quick results. So don't be afraid of keeping it short and sweet and putting it everywhere. And like, it's not a burden to share your stuff with people. I know sometimes people, coaches that I've spoken to kind of feel like, well, like if I keep sharing and repurposing and putting it out there, aren't people going to get tired of me? And the answer is, well, your people are not going to get tired of you. Your people are going to want to hear it. And no one is as familiar with your content as you are. And just because you feel like you're seeing it everywhere doesn't mean everyone is seeing it everywhere. So allow yourself to be of service. You're not a burden. You're not wasting people's time. Someone out there needs to hear from you. Oh my gosh. That's so yes to all of that. So I have to have to drive to work now. And you should never do this, by the way. You should not be filming your reels at stoplights. That is my like safety precaution. However, <laughs> I use every 15 seconds that I have. So I was doing this whole like you can film your reels. So I was showing how I like turn on my Instagram stories, make my filter. I record like really quick, go to the next stoplight, download it, and then I'll post it later. And I was out to dinner last night with one of, I think, somebody that we mutually know. And she was saying how she had just batched 24 reels. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so impressed with you. Like, I don't even do that. And she's like, I mean, for real, because I got this idea from you because she said she had watched my reel where I had said like, everybody can film a reel in 15 seconds or less and here's how. And it made her be like, oh, well, I can go film a reel right now. So I was thinking like, here's that moment where like, I didn't know the power of a reel. And that reel, by the way, probably was not my most successful reel, but it was successful because it helped someone else 
get agency to go make reels and to batch 24 reels and to be done with their content for a whole month. And so sometimes we hear crickets and I always say this, the people you're impacting the most are probably not actually engaging or even liking because they hear what you said. And instead of like harding it and writing you a comment, they went and did the action that you told them to do. So we have to sometimes let go of the vanity metrics and like listen for the metrics that are real. Somebody creating 24 pieces of content from an idea that I gave them is powerful. And speaking of which, I need to ask her for a testimonial. Yes, you do. (laughs) Circle back on that one. Oh my gosh, Monica, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I've so enjoyed getting to reconnect with you. And I know that the listeners of the Coach with Clarity podcast are going to want to connect with you as well. So where is the best place for people to find you and to get to know more about your work? Well, Instagram is obviously the place that I love to hang out on. I'm just at Monica Motfrey on Instagram. It's M-O-N-I-C-A-M-O-N-F as in Frank R-E. Remember the teacher with the alliteration? I got married and changed my last name and it it makes me really sad. It is not alliterative. You can also find me on Clubhouse where I do a lot of live trainings and there's many replays there. And it's also at Monica Montfree there. And I would say go to those platforms. And when you see a piece of content that you really love, send me a DM and let me know that you found us through Lee's podcast. And, you know, let's start a conversation. Those are the places that it is best to see what I'm doing and to learn from me. Excellent. Well, we will make sure that we have links to both your Instagram profile and your clubhouse profile in the show notes. And Monica, thank you again for being a part of the Coach with Clarity podcast. It's been such a joy to have you on. Thank you so much, Lee. And I'm just so excited to hear what people do after they hear this podcast. Me too. Me too. So definitely head over to Monica's Instagram profile, Clubhouse, like some of her content, let her know you found her on the Coach with Clarity podcast, and let's keep this conversation going. All right. Thanks, Monica. What a fun conversation that was with Monica. I so enjoyed it. And I also love that I have known her for a few years now, and I'm still learning new things about her, like her experience as a yoga teacher, her love of metaphors, but all of that just reinforces what I already know about her, which is just what a phenomenal human being she is, how much passion she has for her work, and her heart for service for her clients is undeniable. So Many thanks to Monica and many thanks to you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. I so hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, come let me know. I'm on Instagram at Coach with Clarity, and I'm also over on TikTok at Coach with Clarity. So come find me, drop me a note, and let me know what your biggest takeaway was from my conversation with Monica. Then come back here next week where we will have a brand new episode of the show waiting for you. So if you're not already subscribed to the show, if you're not already following it, take a moment to do that now. Whatever podcast player you're using, there should be a little plus sign or the word follow or subscribe. Just click that. It's absolutely free. And that way, new episodes of the Coach with Clarity podcast will automatically show up in your feed ready for you. So thanks for listening today. Let's do this again next week, shall we? But until then, my name is Lise McDonough reminding you to get out there and show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity. 
Thanks for listening to the Coach with Clarity podcast. Be sure to visit coachwithclarity.com for detailed show notes and bonus material just for podcast listeners. Did you enjoy today's podcast? If so, then I invite you to check out the Coach with Clarity membership program exclusively for intuitive coaches ready to master both the business and the craft of coaching. You'll discover monthly hot seat coaching calls, Q&A sessions, and guest expert trainings, as well as the most supportive and innovative community of coaches out there. If you're ready to take your coaching to the next level, then you're ready for the Coach with Clarity membership. Learn more at coachwithclarity.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you know a coach who could use a little clarity in their work and life, then please share this episode with them. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. Until then, go show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity.